right? The uh, Super Bowl is set, baby. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. What do we got? Kansas City Chiefs against the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Talk about deja vu all over again. Just a rematch of what, uh, two years ago, I think? That's, uh, yeah, not the Super Bowl everyone's wanting. People seem to be really wanting the um, Detroit Lions versus the, <clears throat> excuse me, the Baltimore Ravens. I don't know why everyone's tired of Tired about Kansas City. Has it's not like they're the uh, new uh, New England Patriots or anything, and everyone doesn't have Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift fatigue. Me, I don't mind it at all. I think it's funny how everyone uh, is complaining about her. She's on the screen for like a minute out of you know what three hours of football. So whatever, grow up and get over it. But anyway, yeah. Oh, those games were uh, nuts yesterday. A uh, little bit of controversy. Especially in the um in that first matchup, everyone saying they it was Kansas City Chiefs and the refs versus the Ravens. Um, maybe the Ravens played with a little bit more discipline. Um, you know they 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 wouldn't have wouldn't have lost that game. Maybe if they show up with a little bit of urgency. You wouldn't have lost that game. Um, that Ravens defense last week, my God, man, they were bouncing around, flying around all over the place against Houston. Really, they're geeked up, they're amped up, ready to go this week. They did not look like they were ready to play at all. Like, did you forget you were playing Patrick Mahomes? You forget you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs, defending Super Bowl champs, you know, a team that's about to become a dynasty if they win this next Super Bowl. And Harbaugh, I, he totally dropped the ball, not having that team ready to play at all. They're like, what, two wins out of their last nine playoff games? We're an organization that people act to, you know, that act. Like Baltimore is one of the top teams in the league. They haven't shown it in the playoffs. You know, they're, you know, they, they modeled their franchise after the Steelers and they seem to be modeling their playoff play after the Steelers. You know, the entire AFC North is shit the bed this week, which was surprising. You know, I knew Pittsburgh would lose. I thought Cleveland would have played a little bit better. And I thought Baltimore definitely this week would have played a whole lot better, but, you know, you're only putting up what ten points, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you go against the Kansas City team. They have, you know, their defense is underrated. You know, they scoring wise are one of the better team defenses in the league. But my God, you could run on this team, and you ran the ball, what six times? Six handoffs, six handoffs to your running backs. I mean, get out of here. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, six to your running backs. Zay Flowers had two on reverses, and Lamar had eight rushes. Get out of here. That's not that you – no, no, no. you got to run the ball, control the clock against this Kansas City team, and they could not do that, which is just surprising. You know, Buffalo ran all over Kansas City. Did it help them win? No, obviously it didn't. But, my God, yeah, Lamar was not having his best day passing. Let's be honest. It was terrible. One of his worst passing performances in all season. So why not run the ball? Use your running backs. Use Gus Edwards. Dude, who's every three carries, 20 yards. And feeding on the rock a little bit more, you know, control that clock. Uh, I just didn't get the the game plan there. Um, and Kansas City, they're just Kansas City. <laughs> like whatever they dial up just seems to work. Pachenko had a nice little game. Didn't have a... A lot of yards, but he key yards, man. When they needed the yards, he got the yards. You know, but they're gonna have to do better in the playoffs. You can't go what, averaging under 
under three yards to carry. You got to do better than that, but just do enough to keep the other team honest, keep the play action alive. And that's what they were able to do. And Baltimore wasn't able to do that. You don't run the ball enough. You can't draw anyone into uh, on play actions. I just didn't get, get what they were trying to do on offense. Kansas City, like I said, my God, they're just they're the they're the new New England Patriots. We're gonna see them there forever. And like Kelsey, you know, he looked done early in the year. He looked done, like he was washed. It was the end of the line. And then last night, eleven catches on eleven targets, one hundred sixteen yards and a touchdown. He he's looking like he could play another four years out there. It's insane how well he is playing this late in his career. 34 years old and he looked he looked like he was in his mid-20s out there just catching everything bowling everyone over he, he was a man possessed he's you know he's trying trying to go out on top again and i it wouldn't be wouldn't surprise me if they win and he might hang it up but it also wouldn't surprise me if he comes back and tries to win another super bowl one you know back to back to back the first team to win three in a row he's i hate to say it pain's been saying but this team probably could do it and that's what's frustrating about <clears throat> about Kansas City. Now they're just so dominant right now. But then everyone wants to talk about the uh, the penalties, all the penalties against Baltimore. I don't know. Maybe don't be the third man in in an altercation and headbutt someone. Maybe don't club a quarterback in the face. You know, maybe don't taunt over a player, spin the ball over them, stand over them. You're, you're gonna get you're you're gonna get a flag for that. Then if you are going to taunt someone's A flowers, hold on to the ball while going into the end zone. Um, you, you Baltimore and they have no one to blame but themselves. Um, they were one of the best teams. If well, they were the best team in the AFC this year, they had that by last week. They played like that team this year or this game. They they played like one of the worst teams. It, it was a shock the way they came out. It's reminding me of New England all over again. You're just gonna. This team in Baltimore could have beat Kansas City, but they didn't play their strengths. They played stupid. You know, they were undisciplined. And that's, you can't do that against Kansas City. We saw teams do that all the time against New England. Go outside of what they normally do, outthinking themselves, and then losing. That's how New England, part of the reason New England won all the time, teams out. out outsmarted themselves to try and beat New England. Instead of going in with their game plan that they normally go with, they changed everything up and just crapped the bed. And that's what Baltimore did. And you get over on the NFC side. Ooh. That game looked like it was going to be a blowout. It looked like Detroit was... Detroit was fired up, ready to go. Dan Campbell had them ready to go, especially that first series. What was it? Three or four plays, boom, right down the field, touchdown. And they jump out to what a twenty-one to seven lead. It looked like it looked like they were, like I said, like they were going to blow out San Fran. There's nothing. San Fran couldn't do anything. Party looked like Mister Irrelevant out there. Their defense looked, their defense looked terrible. They had one of the best defenses in the league, and they looked, they looked shocked and awed in that first half. Like they they couldn't do anything. Then, you know, Detroit, man, go what uh, CJ Gordon Johnson on the sidelines is waving goodbye to the fans. There's still a whole second half to play. 
there's still what a full three quarters to play at that point. You don't count your you know chickens before they hatch. And that's what he did, and that's what it seems like Detroit did. They let off the gas. Dan Campbell, he had a lot of questionable calls, and he made get the points. Get the points when you get it. I understand you've been aggressive all year. It got you there. You got to know when to dial it back, especially in these situations. But I get why he won for when he did. Don't have the best kicker in the world. And playing that way got you where you are. You don't really want to change it up. You know, don't change your style up. That brought you there. But at the same time, you might might want to play scoring situation a little bit more. Uh, like for our Penguin fans out there, you know, we see our defense pinch all the time, pinch all the time. When you're up, play back, play defense, play scoring situation. Same thing with coaches in the NFL that are aggressive. You know, you got to play scoring situations, especially in these do or die games. And there you it's a one and done series, man. Play it smart, get the points, get that lead. And you let this team hang around, hang around, and they and it bit you in the ass. They were able, you know, San Fran was able to make adjustments in the second half, and then the ball was just bouncing their way. I mean, the that that deep pass to Ayuk for the touchdown that should, that should have been an interception, but you know it falls through through the safety's hands. You're thinking, okay, it's just going to bounce to the ground, boom, dead ball, whatever, we'll be fine. No, bounces off his face mask right into Ayuk's hands, touchdown. That's when you know the game's starting to go out of your control. The bounces aren't going your way. You see it happen in hockey. You see it happen in basketball a lot. And the bounces just don't go your way. Once that starts to happen, it snowballs out of your control. And this team just wasn't able to get it back. And they showed a graphic. Like there was seven games of, yeah, Detroit's roster had like three guys playing in the grand total of seven. NFC Championship games. San Francisco had 57 games worth of experience on their roster, and it showed. It showed. You know, San Fran was able to um, lean in on that experience. You know, like, hey, we've been here before. We've done this. We know we're battle-tested. We can fight through this. Detroit, you know, they got a little full of themselves. Maybe they started pressing a little bit, getting a little nervous of, like, you know, it's so close. It's so close. We got to you know, I can taste it. I can taste it. Mm, you just let it slip through your hands. And I, and the moment was just too big for him. And it's, it's got kind of feel bad for Detroit. You know, it's been what the only team and what that's, or they've been around 57 years, 57 Super Bowls, and they haven't made it to one. That's, uh, that's rough for a fan base. It's rough for an organization. And the team has been building and building up to this point and just to watch it slip through the cracks it's devastating for them and they might not get back i mean look at atlanta they went to the super bowl they lost never they haven't sniffed it since there's a lot of teams that make it to that championship game make it to the super bowl and never make it back this might have been their best chance they might not get back for another 50 years and it's just devastating for them because they've been building and building towards this and for the past three years on, on this show, man, this is the team outside of the Steelers we've been watching. It's been saying, look out for this team, look out for this team. And this, you know, this was the year, man, everything was rolling in their favor. Like the entire NFL outside of San Fran, KC and Baltimore was more or less rooting for this team. And they, they, they just total, total team collapse. 
you know, in that second half. And I hope for them, I hope for their fan base, they can make it back. I just don't think it's going to happen. I just don't think it's going to happen. So now we're stuck with the Super Bowl. A lot of people don't want. What up, Derpy? What up, buddy? Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm trying to run this show solo today. <laughs> I should have sent you the link, Derpy. I'm sorry. But, you know, I want to try a little solo run, see how it goes. You know, it is what it is. But <clears throat> the Super Bowl, man. Whew. I'm looking forward to it. I, uh, you know, San Fran hasn't won the Super Bowl in what, like 30 some years. Casey's, you know, they're they're looking like they're ready to start a New England Patriot run. And this will be um if they win Mahomes' third Super Bowl in like what six, seven years in the league. I mean he retires now. He's probably the second best quarterback of all time. <laughs> he wins two more Super Bowls. Yeah, he might not catch Brady in the Super Bowl run, but the numbers he's putting up are just insane. Insane. He might you know, in some people's eyes, pass Brady as the best quarterback of all time. And even if he doesn't catch the Super Bowl record with Brady, I, there's an argument for it. Just prefer what he's doing. Yeah, we're late today, Ron. There's a lot of uh, actual work, work stuff going on. So I think tomorrow and Wednesday we'll be back on the normal schedule. Just, uh, it's a lot of stuff going on outside of the podcast. Some good, It's good stuff going on outside the podcast so we kind of had to move stuff around today and like i said the next two days we should be back to normal i hope so because my god <laughs> my god me trying to talk by myself for an hour maybe even a half hour i'm going crazy over here <laughs> i have notes and stuff but you know it is what it is but no um this super bowl i think what san fran's opening up i saw as like uh as an early favorite if I'm not mistaken, I saw they were like a one point one point favorite. So it's going to be a tight Super Bowl. Um, wise guys in Vegas don't know where the money's going to lie. So it's going to be a t- good one. You see, Ron, you know, we, we gave you time to go run some errands today. You know, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm nice like that. I like to free up people's schedule. Um, my God. So... Oh, yeah, Derby, we'll be back tomorrow. Same time, like 11.30-ish, probably. Um, God, I, I, one thing I'm interested to see now that, um, you know, Baltimore's out, out of the playoffs, how are Steelers fans going to react to who to root for? Because that was big, big drama on Steelers Twitter is if you rooted for this team, you're not a real Steelers fan. If you root for this team, you're not a real Steelers fan. I just find it funny, like, I, me personally, I wouldn't have mind Baltimore winning the Super Bowl because, you know, we kicked their asses twice this year with and without Lamar, you know, with and without a lot of our key players. And it would show maybe we're not that far off the, that, that we thought. But I wouldn't have mind Baltimore winning. You know, it makes the division look a whole hell of a lot stronger now with, you know, we, we, we sent three teams to the playoffs, our division did, and we have nothing to show for it. And it's kind of a black eye on on the division. Because I think we do have the best division in the NFL. We have three competitive teams. <laughs> oh, come on, Arn. You know you want Swifty to win. You want you want 
Travis and Kel and uh, Taylor to get married right there at, at, at halftime. I think they should have they should stop the Super Bowl for about two hours, have a nice big wedding ceremony. Usher can like perform the wedding and the halftime Super Bowl. Just make it a whole spectacle. They're in Vegas. Go go through a drive through. You know, at halftime, leave the stadium, go through on the drive through wedding things, and come back and play the game. You know, make this entertainment, baby. You know, Vince McMahon's out of a job. That's all I'm saying. He can book this shit. Okay? You get Vince McMahon to book the Super Bowl. Get telling this your last hurrah. Make it happen. And this thing will have the greatest ratings of all time. You know, more people will watch this than, than the World Cup and the cricket championships combined. It would be a truly global phenomenon. You know, we need Vince McMahon to do this shit. Anti what the NFL wants. Yeah, a lot of people are, but a lot of people keep coming back and watching it, man. It's it's funny. People say, I'm done for this, I'm done for that, but yet the ratings keep going higher and higher and they keep making more and more money. You know, it's football. I'll watch it no matter what. No, Derpy, Derpy, Derpy. She has a concert the night before in Japan. It's in LA. She'll make it back. She'll make it back. Maybe. I see. I, I love T Sweat. I'd rather see her than Jerry Jones on, on the TV. That's all I'm saying. Better her than Jerry Jones or Roger Goodell. I want Jason Kelsey. I think he should be back. Well, it wasn't like college. They have like the dog that runs out and grabs the kicking tee, kick, kick, uh, the kicking tees. I think Jason Kelsey should be shirtless during the entire game. And anytime there's a kickoff, he has to run out there and grab the kicking tee. You know, I, you know, if we're going to make this entertainment, I want, I want it over the blown, over the top. So let, let's just, you know, keep it going crazy, man. I want more theatrics in the NFL. You know, people want to say it's like the it, like it's pro wrestling. Make it like pro wrestling at this point. Anyway, in fun stealer news, fun stealer news, anniversary of the greatest draft class of all time. Like, I, I wish I had Derpy on the show just to see if he would know who these – who we drafted this year in 1974. Give Derpy a second to type out some names. Come on, Derpy. Who did we draft in 1974? We drafted four Hall of Famers and we picked one up in free agency. That was the foundation for the greatest dynasty in Steeler or greatest dynasty in NFL history. Give you a hint on some of the colleges, Derpy. USC and Kent State were the first two. I know there's a lag on the board. Yeah, yeah, we saw Rooney, saw Rooney's statements. Um, I think we're saving that for um, definitely saving that for tomorrow when Ryan's here and Derby's here. So we're all that way. All of us can sit there and talk about them. Some of them were uh, like not eye opening, but a little contradictory. I thought from what you know, he, he, a couple of his statements when you look at them. Side by side seem a little contradictory, and I don't know. I don't. Know. I I just wish you know his dad was still alive running the team. That's when the front office ran smoother and the coaching staff ran smoother. But yeah, so back to the 1974 Derpy Lynn Swan in the first round, second round, Jack Lambert. Then we go the next pick. Uh, I can't remember fourth round maybe. A little wide receiver named uh, John Stallworth. 
And we go a couple rounds later, yeah, a little center named Mike Webster. Talk about, talk about, talk about a, a stellar draft class. Four Hall of Famers in one draft class. That's in. That's insane. That's unheard of. Um, name me a better draft class in any sport. You can't. It, you can't name a better draft class. And a lot of that, you know, ugh, God, Bill Nunn, you know, he, oh my God, his scouting, and it was what him and Art Jr. were in charge of scouting at that point, I think. I definitely know Bill Nunn was, but oh man, they had a talent of finding players. And, you know, I, we did kind of cheat the system a little bit. At that time, game film was passed around, passed around. And the John Stallworth game film, his tape, kind of got lost at the Steelers facility, so we couldn't let anyone else take a look at him. That's how we were able to land um, Johnny Stallworth back in the day. But, hey, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Yeah, poor Webster, man. The end of his life. Oh, oh, that's sad and tragic. And I forget, oh, and we, yeah, Derpy. We also signed Donnie Shell as an undrafted free agent. Safety, also a Hall of Famer. That's five Hall of Famers. Get out of here. No one, no one has done it better. And Mike, you know, Mike Webster at center, you go from Ray Mainsfield to Mike Webster at center, Demarty Dawson, Marquise Pouncey. That's the string of like great centers right there. And it's still boggles my mind why we didn't draft Creed Humphreys in the first round when we when we could have got him but we you know we needed Najee Harris and then we'll draft um Kendrick Green in the third round at center no for a team that prides itself on having great centers could have drafted Creed Humphreys and every time I think about Mike Webster now I think about all the centers that we've had and how we blew that one draft and Najee's having some pretty good success but I'd rather have that great center myself Oh, oh! I'm kind of running out of things to talk about, man. I just can't wait till tomorrow to really dive into these um Art Rooney comments. Some of them, like I said, they felt a little contradictory to me. Like, you know, we're frustrated with the lack of playoff success, but, you know, we're comfortable with the coaching. Which one is it? Which one is it? You know, it goes hand in hand. Um. Yeah, see, Derpy, you can't name a better draft class. You can't. Maybe the one where we took Jarvis Jones first overall. That might be that might be it right there. Oh god. OC, I, I don't know. Like Arthur Smith, he he did have success in Tennessee. They were um like God, they were top I know at least top ten both years he was down there in scoring, and they were Definitely top five in rushing. Of course, you, you had King Henry down there running the ball. But he made he made he didn't make Ryan Tannehill look like a serviceable NFL quarterback, like a competent NFL quarterback. But then you see what he does when he gets to Atlanta when he has Bijan Robinson and um oh god, the 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 tight end they have down there. He just doesn't he didn't do both of them. So it's like, what are you doing? Like will the real Art Smith please stand up? You know, show me. You know, are are you the guy from Tennessee or are you the guy from Atlanta? Uh, me for OC, I I don't know. I, I I'm leaning towards the um the quarterbacks coach down in um Houston, Draw Johnson or Clint Kubiak, and I think that's that's one of the names that like 
reporters in the know are saying, like, if this is why it's taking the Steelers a little bit longer is because the, the coach they really want is still coaching. But they also want to get the position hired right away. So there's there's still a, a fair chance we can still get one of the good offensive coordinators that are out there up and coming because I don't think there's a lot of openings left. There's openings out there, but I think there's still more, more good candidates than openings. My only worry is like some say we want Gerard Johnson out there to be the offensive coordinator. But what if another team offers him, you know, hey, we're quarterback coach and you'll be passing game coordinator and we'll give you another title too. And they snag him up and we're not able to get him because we're waiting for to get someone like Kubiak, but maybe he doesn't want to leave San Fran. So I, I it's they're in that little and they're in that, that that gray area of pulling the trigger too soon or waiting. Um, the enemy, I, I'm surprised they haven't interviewed him yet, and I'm surprised he hasn't been interviewed for head coaching jobs either. I, I don't know what's going on there because I know I know Tomlin's spoken highly of the enemy in the past. Unless I, I don't know why they haven't gone after the enemy. I don't know. You know, he's out there. I don't think he's under contract anymore with. Um, Washington. I can't remember if they purged their coaching staff or not. So we'll we'll see. Yeah, Art Art Smith. Maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe we give him a good running back and say, hey, you know, it, come up with good run plays, good play action plays, and and we we can figure something else out. But I don't know. I want I want you know I want to be me like Clint Kubiak. I think would be the guy to go after or draw Johnson because you know have him as OC, he won't have as much time to work with the quarterbacks, but, you know, I'm sure he can find a way to work with Rudolph, work with Mason to help in their game. And to me, he would be the guy because he's coming from that quarterback coaching background and helping with that offense that down there in Houston. I think he would be a good hire. The enemy, you know, we saw what he did when he had um, Patrick Mahomes, but then we saw what he did when he had Sam Howell. You know, which one is it? Um, I'm leaning towards he is the offensive coordinator that we saw down in Kansas City because you go to you go to Washington. There's certain organizations you go to as a player and a coach. You're just not going to find success, and Washington's one of those places. It's hard. It's hard to you know when you have bad ownership down there when Dan Snyder is running the team to have a cohesive coaching staff to have a cohesive roster. It's the way they they ran things down there, and we saw what happened when the enemy was on a team that ran things well. So I, I'd like him, but you know, he's a guy that's been around. Do they want someone younger with fresher ideas? Cause the enemy is no longer that hot commodity, but at the same time, remember Arthur art Smith was one of the hot commodities until he wasn't. So that's, that's a gamble you play with getting the young and up and coming coaches. Sometimes you hit, sometimes you miss. I think I'm going to leave it on that for today is, you know, with these offensive coordinators, you got to be careful, especially with any coaches, the young unknown coaches, you know, you can hit one out of the park or you can swing at a miss and it sets the franchise back even more and you can set that offense back even more. We saw it, you know, me, I'm not a big Kenny guy, but a lot of people are. And a lot of people think the coaching, you know, Matt Canada sent him behind me. I think he was just a one-year wonder and a down ACC, maybe we can get a new uh, new OC and maybe get what we can get out of him. And maybe Mason has more to grow too. I, I just want us to 
you know, I I'd like to see them go out and get a better quarterback. You know, someone like um, Baker Mayfield. But with the salary cap issues that we have, yeah, coaching trees are underrated. I mean, look, it, Washington, the Commanders, they had all these coaches that won elsewhere. But when they were all together, they couldn't win anything. So, you know, if that coaching tree, you know, was so great, why didn't they win anything there? That's to me, you know, either you have it or you don't have it. Uh, fields, uh, like I said, I'm hit or miss on fields. I, I don't want another team's reclamation project. But if I'm Chicago, I'm sticking by him because I saw him improve every year, get better weapons around him. DJ Moore had one of the best years of his career with Justin Fields. But yeah, I don't know. Like I'm not impressed with any of these quarterbacks coming out of this draft. Um, a, a lot of them are like, my God, they're all like 24. A lot of them are 24 years old, 25 years old. Like it. No, that's like when you should be hitting your peak, and a lot of them don't have – they're not complete quarterbacks. You know, you, uh, I want quarterbacks that are coming out at 21, 22 years old. That way you have time to mold them in the NFL at that younger age and maximize their development. And you got quarterbacks, like I said, you know, people want um, Michael Fenix Jr. He's like 24. He has a lot of holes in his game. You know, Bo Nix, 24, 25, he has a lot of holes in his game. Jaden Daniels had one good year down in the ACC. He's reminding me of a Kenny Pickett. One great year. make it, You know, he won the Heisman. Kenny made it as a Heisman finalist. But you only have one good year. One-year wonders kind of scare me coming out of college. I want to see, like, you know, steady growth and have a great year or have, you know, your freshman year is kind of down. Your sophomore, junior year are amazing. Okay, yeah, give me that guy. But when you're average, your freshman, sophomore, junior year, and then all of a sudden you have this great year, I worry about that. And that's why I'm steering towards a lot of these quarterbacks. Caleb Williams, if he came out last year, he probably goes first overall. This year he stays in. I think he exposed himself a little bit. Um, Drake May coming out of the ACC. I don't trust quarterbacks out of the ACC. I, I don't. I don't. Their defenses aren't the best. Same thing with defense quarterbacks coming out of the Pac-12 or in the Big 12. Uh, I just don't trust them a whole lot. But I know you shouldn't scout the conference. You shouldn't scout the helmet. You scout the player. Uh, you know, but it's just a personal bias that I have when I when we get players from those certain conferences. I'm kind of of like a, a position player from certain conferences. I kind of worry about. But that's just me. I want my offensive lineman from like the Big Ten and the SEC. I don't want my quarterbacks from the ACC. I just don't think that's a strong conference. And, you know, um, what's his name down in Jacksonville? And he was supposed to be this revelation, at quarterback, and he's been all right, but he hasn't been that guy. You know, you take him at number one, you're expecting him to be close to like a, uh, like a Patrick Mahomes or a Joe Burrow type player, and he's just not. I think he's good, but I don't think he's that elite st- elite status but you know hey what do i know i i could be wrong you know i'm the guy who said don't draft um jj walk because i watched him play one game in college after hearing all the hype about him i watched a bad offensive line of penn state steamroll him 
So, you know, what do I know? Yeah, Trevor Lawrence. Thank you. How can I forget Trevor Lawrence? You know, I like the guy. I think he's a good player. I just don't think he is that guy that's going to lead lead you to the Super Bowl. I think he's going to be have he's going to put up great numbers. I just don't see it. Unfortunately, I thought he would be that guy that's going to take that Jacksonville Jaguars team on his back and make them great. And we saw uh, C.J. Stroud his rookie year. I think outperform Trevor Lawrence. And the South, I think it's. I think the South is going to be um, the Texans' division for the next for the next ten years. They're it, they're going to be the ones. It's if they don't win that division, it's because they messed up. I think that team is going to be that good in the future. And that's all I got for today, guys. So I will check you all tomorrow. We'll be back with the full cast, full crew, full staff, full show. It won't just be me blowing through my talking points. Trevor is sh- sunshine from um what you call it from uh, remember the Titans. I-, I do want sunshine to win a Super Bowl. I just don't think he will win a Super Bowl. I think he's going to be in like Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. He'll be that guy that puts up good numbers, but come playoff time, come crunch time, they just find a way to lose. And, you know, it, it happens. You know, it happens. I think Mahomes is going to be like Brady. He's going to be there and force so many great quarterbacks to not win a Super Bowl. Uh, yep, guys, we'll catch you tomorrow at probably 11.30 again. Uh, thanks, guys, for uh, tuning in. Thanks for uh, commenting. Uh, thank you. It really did help me out today because I was blowing through talking points. I appreciate it, Derpy. Appreciate it, Ron. Oh, yeah, Philip Rivers. I was See, Philip Rivers was the guy I wanted when he was coming out of the draft. I wanted him so bad. I'm glad I'm not the GM of the Steelers because I totally would have blown that pick. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad we had um, Dan Rooney. And Kevin Colbert telling me and Bill Coward, no, we're not drafting Phillip Rivers. No, we're not drafting a tackle. We're getting this Roethlisberger kid. And then thank God, thank God Dan Rooney was still there to set that organization right. Until tomorrow, guys, you all have a good one. See you guys. (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) 